Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome, friends, to another r slash malicious compliance video. The only thing worth complying to would be to hit those like and subscribe buttons down below. That said, our first story of the day is by an anonymous poster. What are some ideas to fight against the no off-leash walking rule? Short backstory, I have a 10-month-old Vizsla puppy. As I'm sure some of you know, these pointer dogs need a lot of off-leash activity. The gated community I live in has a lot of space to walk and play with these dogs. Around three months ago, the homeowner association instated a hard no off-leash rule, which didn't exist before and therefore one of the reasons that we got an energetic dog, so that we'd have the free space to let him run. Well, we've been getting a lot of complaints lately, and we don't know what to do. We feel like we're 100% right walking off leash since the rule wasn't there when we got them. Please give me ideas as to how I can make their lives miserable as they're making mine. Does anybody watching this know, do pointer dogs actually need off leash activity? I love dogs and I've had dogs all my life. I don't think I've ever heard that you had to give any specific kind of dog off leash exercise. Let me know if you guys know about that in the comments down below. Our next story is by StrikingAd8690. You want more details? Fine. This is something that happened my freshman year at university. So we have a class that's required for our degree and the professor was a very hard grader. Another issue was that she would only leave extremely vague comments as feedback. You could submit a 12 page paper and get one vague comment that just says, needs more. Needless to say, students were getting fed up. When we asked for more detailed feedback, or for the grading to be lightened up on, the professor would just shrug and tell us to basically deal with it. When she dismissed our concerns and refused to cooperate with us, we all flocked to the group me, as any enraged university student does. That's where we came up with our plan. So we had weekly reflection assignments due, and these were the assignments she primarily left vague comments on and offered a little advice with. We had the option to do a video reflection or a paper reflection. This is where we saw a fatal flaw in her assignment. The reflection had to be longer than 15 minutes, but there was no time limit. Cue the malicious compliance. The next week, the professor was greeted with videos that were 40 minutes or longer for around 75 or so students. That means that they would have at least 50 hours of video to watch for that one week alone. The next week, She started the lecture by saying she would just be looking for key points about the lecture or readings and asked for videos to be only 20 minutes max. Everyone noticed that her grading was also significantly less harsh. This is a great story in all OP, but needs more. This next story is by Vampire Wolf. Save space on the server? Certainly. Working for a telecom OEM is my first job out of college 15 years ago. They had a habit of hiring fresh graduates before they have time to learn bad habits. Spent my first month there learning the production side of things before being let loose on the production floor as an electronics technician. I was lucky to find a mentor that worked with me for another month there on the line, showing me all the tricks for the testing and failures, as well as what the quick fixes were for most of the errors. 
Three or four months in, I'm working with the product transition team for my product line. They wrote the repair manual, trying to improve numbers on a couple tests. Then we had a head-end customer request a version with better filtering, essentially a better signal out that could give their customers clearer video. Industry standard was negative 56 dBm. We built to negative 62 or better. This customer wanted negative 70 dBm on the noise floor. Our product can hit negative 68 without doing too much tweaking. I was given access to the R&D tests instead of the production stuff, where you can set finer margins on tests, especially the ones that were borderline spec. We managed to hit negative 70 on about one-fifth of the boards, and just set those aside for orders. Throughout all this testing, I'm sharing notes and screenshots with the transition team. Just share the server path instead of emailing out to five people. I had maybe two to three hundred megabytes of data, and we had around a thousand employees. Most had around fifty megabytes other than email archives, different servers. Shortly before I took my first promotion there, management sent out a notice via IT to tell folks to limit the data stored on the production server. No size ranges, just use less. Malicious compliance time. Had the person I was working with directly on that product transition team back up my data to a USB stick for me, then took a screenshot of the email, named it as enjoy.jpg, and removed all my notes and pictures, leaving a single file in its place. Copied it in my new computer and warranty and repair a few weeks later, not on the network. I had people calling me for the next three and a half years there, asking how to fix the boards that needed a better signal. Never put a single file for that back on the server. Basically, OP later explained their management was bad and they kept putting OP in very frustrating positions where they would do work that would later fail at somebody else's station three stations down, but was still forced to do that work anyways. So getting that promotion and then the management being all, Also, could you guys cut back on server space? You can kind of see how it just comes to a head for OP and they're like, forget this, okay, I'll help out, I'll do my part. You won't like it though. This next story is by Avui. Sure, I'll be paying back student grants. We live in a very good country where we have something called student grants. Every student that goes to college or university gets a certain amount of money deposited every month on their checking accounts by the government. Aside from that, you can get a free travel pass for all the public transport, so that's pretty nice. They reverted this practice after 30 years a few years ago and made it a loan and re-reverted it again this year, but that's another story. The idea is of course that everyone, regardless of their financial background, has a fair chance of higher education. During the time the story was relevant, 2001 to 2005, it was about 100 euros a month upwards to 800 euros a month. But in the latter case, it meant that both your parents should be completely devoid of any income. However, obviously there's some caveats. If you make some money by having some side job, you can make about 5,000 a year or you need to stop those grants, which is fair. FYI, living costs in the major student cities that time were like 400 a month for housing, 120 a month for groceries. Tuition was like 120 euros a month as well, to give some perspective. It should be said that a lot of students just use the money to drink a lot of beer. Anyway, to the story. My relative is a very hardworking guy. He started college and finished it in three years, which requires normally four years. And he did a master's at university in one year, where it normally required two years for this master. He was active in councils, did non-profit work, 
etc, etc. In this period, he also started his own freelance business to support him and his future wife and kid a little more. He was very precise with monitoring his income and was made sure to stop his grants every year when he would go over the limit and start it up again next year. However, this is where he made a small calculation error. See, he assumed he could stop his grants when he was nearing the limit and continue the rest of the year. But the government doesn't calculate it like that at all. They look at the income you had extra that whole year, divided by 365 or 366, and look at which moment you crossed it. So how does this matter? He had like 500 euros extra income per month, on average. So somewhere in October, he would call the government and say he would like to stop the grant. Everything solved. But then in the holiday period, he would work a little extra hard and would get 700 euro in December. So the government would look at the end of the year and see he made 6,200. They would divide it by 365 and calculate that he would have crossed the threshold at 294 days, which would be October 20th or something. And he called at the end of October, for example the 28th, a few days difference. However, the government, fast as they are, didn't act on this immediately, so he finished his masters and after a few months he gets a letter from the government, basically saying, You've been getting the grant and weren't allowed, so you're forced to pay everything back with interest and with an added fine. Please note that the grant also includes the free public transport card. The total sum was something like 12000 He was devastated and called them to say he understood he made an error, but he was off by a few days. Besides, it took him way shorter to study than most people, so in that sense, he didn't use the grant as much as other people. Some people study for 8 years and get the grant, that's changed now by the way, but nope, they weren't open to any sort of leniency or reduction. Unable to pay it directly, he asked if there was some way of paying it monthly, and there was. So he started doing that. However, here's where he started to get maliciously compliant. Instead of paying the exact amount, he decided to pay a euro higher than the required amount. So the required amount was 150 euro and he would pay 151. The extra euro more would trigger something in their systems because they couldn't account for it. So they would contact him and he would ask for a reimbursement. This would take a lot of hassle for them and the next month he would do it again and again and again. It took him 3 minutes a month but it would take them a lot of time every time with figuring out what happened. Nowadays, it's a little more automated, but back then, it was fun. Look, we live in a good country where these grants are possible, so we're fortunate. And he was able to pay everything back, and he made an error, he knows that. However, it was a bitter pill to swallow, and I understand that he got some satisfaction out of doing this. I definitely don't think they got 12,000 euros difference out of that, but... I don't really blame them for doing what they did, you know? If you're gonna have to be saddled with paying all this money back... 150 per month, might as well make it a little bit fun somehow, right? Or at least make it a little frustrating for their systems, even if the people dealing with it aren't responsible for it. Our next story here is by Objective Unknown. Build my fence and do it exactly as I designed. Pops was an old school, rough as nails, World War II vet farmer. Not only that, in my small town in Northern Ontario, Pops and his brother were the only contractors in town. Pop took a job from an out-of-towner, some rich guy from Toronto, who purchased a small plot of land on the lake for his vacation home. The guy hired Pops to put up a fence all around the house, a six-foot-high monster fence. 
The darn thing's still up today. It's ugly as freak and completely out of place with the natural beauty of the area. From day one, while marking out lines, the guy was a real jerk to Pops. A real nitpick POS who thought he himself was a top-tier designer. Pops went to the guy because there was a problem with his design. The guy didn't give a single freak. When Pops tried to point out the problem, the guy was like, I don't care about your opinion. I paid you. You work for me. Get it done. I have guests coming up at the end of the month, so get it done. Don't call me with any problems. Get it done. Pops being Pops, he just gave him an okie dokie. Can I get that in writing? The guy did just that, and Pops did exactly what he wanted. The guy got his fence built. Pops told one of the townies that lived near the road leading to the place to give him a call if he sees Mr. Moneybag show up. It took three weeks and the jerk showed up with his entire family in tow. Pops got a call from the townie telling him, hey, you're about to get a visitor. Well, as I said, Pops followed the directions exactly as written. A fence completely around the house about 40 feet away from the place. What the plans didn't have was an opening for the driveway or any gate to get in. I wish I was there to see the guy's face when he got to his nice vacation home. Heck, I would have loved to see his face when he showed up to the farm to tell off Pops. When Pops told me this story, he said he was sitting on the front porch sipping on his whiskey as that jerk rolled up. The guy screamed at Pops, calling him a dumb hick and Pops just smiled and said, Remember when you told me to build it exactly as you designed? If you don't like it, redesign it and fix it yourself. As I said, the guy still owns the place and he stays far out of town. And that fence is still up today. It's ugly as heck, but it has stood the test of time. Hey, they might not have accounted for the single most important part of a fence, but it must not have been too bad if it survived all that time. And our final story of the day is by Bouncy Phone. How many in your party? I recently went to a theme park that allows guests to buy access to shorter lines. So many people do this that the regular lines move incredibly slowly because they keep letting in people from the paid line. After an hour in a line that moved only a few steps every five minutes or so, it was hard to be patient watching the employees let literally ten times as many people go in from the short line. When asked, the employees said they don't count people, only parties, and that they're trained to let in one party from the regular line for every four parties from the fast line. This is what we were told, but it was obvious from an hour of watching that this is not what was taking place. Counting 60 people being let in from the paid line at once, it was easy to see they were letting in more than four parties at a time. Well, why can't I just say my party's 100 people then? So we started making friends with the people in line behind us and grew our party to about 20 people. When the guy asked how many in our party, he was a little confused and I'm not sure he believed us, but he let us all in together. It was only a minor victory, but we saved a few people an extra 15 minutes in line and it felt good sticking it to the mouse. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, they definitely make a racket on those paid lines. And I'm gonna be honest, the rare times I do visit the mouse, I'm probably gonna pay for the paid lines if I can get access to it. It's just so much more convenient. But with that being said, that's all the time we have for today. So of all these stories I've read today, which is your favorite and why? Let me know in the comments down below. And if you haven't yet, if you could like and subscribe, that would mean a lot to me. Whatever you do, whether it's liking, subscribing, turning notifications on, all of it helps grow this channel and I appreciate the heck out of it. So until next time, I'll see you all tomorrow with some more stories. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 